Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel from the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And allow me to ask my friend, what inspires you to work a little harder, right up to your best? Is, is it pride, money, the, the hope that achievement will act as an aphrodisiac? Oh, that's, that's mine. Well, whatever it is, the wise company leader wants to give it to you. The smart ones want to offer you just that ideal incentive to set you slaving right up to your peak. But now, honestly, how are your bosses doing in that incentive department? If they're like most, you'll have to say they're probably doing a D-minus job. But it's not that they don't care. They just don't know how to incentivize all the individuals and the team with a plan that includes everyone and is meaningful to each one. Actually, that's a pretty tough order. But the good news is that we have here someone who can fill that tall order. Mr. Tom Frederick, sales director of CoreCentive, is about to prove to you that there does exist very effective programs, and he's going to tell you how to provide uh, individually enticingly incentives for even for a mega corporation with massive employees, and so that that Mr. Employer can give the team what they want, and then he can stand back and have the clients beating a path to his door. So, whether you are a managing partner in a sprawling law firm trying to squeeze more billable hours out from the newbies and partners alike, like Ray, or you're a, I don't know, a very sought-after editor evaluating uh, the offers of several publishers coming at you, like Jessica, pull up your chair a little closer and join us for this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. Tom, I'm so glad that you're able to, uh, well, be incentivized to over to our studios here and to share your insights on the mysterious realm of human inspiration. Thank you very much. I can't think of a better way to finish off a week of uh, the, the, the drudgery of uh, trying to get cold calls through than to spend it with a fascinating conversation with a wonderful host. Oh, you're very kind. You're very kind. Tom, we recently had a behavioral psychologist, George Watts, on the show, a uh, fun guy, and he was telling people how to hit and sustain their, their peak performance uh, by working from within. So would it be fair to say that Tom Fredericks is trying to help people hit and sustain that peak performance and through employees by working from without, that is externally, but, but still working on the same fire? Yeah, the the, uh, the terminology that's being used in our industry today mm. are extrinsic and intrinsic motivators. The extrinsic oh. really uh, feed to things like uh, social expectations, uh, you know, praise among the organization, et cetera. The intrinsic are things that drive me as a person. So mm. it may be that what drives me intrinsically is I, I love to read, I love to travel, I love to do these things. So the way that the incentive industry is really trying to marry those things together is if someone has a desire to spend family time, right. allowing them to have the opportunity to book a family trip as the reward as now reward. connects those things. I have right. a sense of, of accomplishment because a company has rewarded me with this trip, but, uh-huh. it, but it also feeds my intrinsic desire to spend more family time. So that's an example of how we're tying those together. 
Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm glad you, you brought that up. Well, now, you and Corsenta deal with major firms that really have enough employees that they, they absolutely have to have a, an entire program for this. But whether you're a, a four-person startup or a, 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 a huge mega-tentacled corporation, you're still trying to achieve the same goals. The same, the same goals apply. Uh, could you give us an example of what you're trying to achieve? Right. Well, the, I'll start off with a with a, a great old joke that I remember from years ago. There's a individual is floating along in a hot air balloon. They have no idea where they are, and they see somebody down on the ground. They start letting some air out. They float down. They scream down, "Hey, can you tell me where I am?" The person yells up, "You're in a hot air balloon about 50 feet off the ground." There's a pause, and they yell back down, "Hey, are you in sales?" The person yells up, "Yeah, how'd you know?" So you've given me totally accurate information that's completely useless to me. Person yells up, "Hey, are you in management?" I said, "Yeah, how'd you know?" I said, "You were lost before. You're still lost, but somehow now it's my fault." <laughs> so we have this tension between management and sales, in particular in those organizations, where what we try to do with incentives is get people on the same page. Okay. Let's create clear objectives, let's give them the tools to achieve those objectives, and then let's go marry along forward as a team to work together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to more specifically what your answer is, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give companies the tools to motivate their people in very particular ways that align with business objectives, but also give that individual the opportunity to really develop as a salesperson in their role. We want them to be successful just for themselves. So that doesn't change whether you have two salespeople or 20,000 salespeople, those goals are basically always aligned. Right. You, you, want to, you want to find the spark that not only, that, like chopping wood warms twice, that it, it satisfies within and will, of course, satisfy by producing without. Exactly. Right. Precisely. Okay. Well, uh, you know, this brings to mind to me one of the, the oldest tried and true methods of uh, production, is, uh, of, of incentivizing, make production competitive. Uh, the top earner in the sales force uh, gets to take his family on that trip to Hawaii that you were talking about. Right. Uh, the top sellers in the brokerage firm, they get that marvelous bonus. That's good old American competition. What's, what's wrong with that? Well, for the person who goes to Hawaii, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. The problem is that if we have this 20-80 rule, it's been around for a long time, it's a rough number, 20% of your organization produces 80% of the revenue. Yeah, yeah. And if let's say for example to use a let's use a sports analogy, I'm a towering five foot seven and this may mm-hmm. seem very impressive when I walk in the room today. But if I if we're having a basketball dunking contest and most there's a couple people in the room that are six foot ten, yeah. I'm not really excited about that contest. So when you have Nor any incentive that I'm gonna get out of it for winning. Exactly, precisely. Right. So okay. when this when these contests are announced for the top performers it's already known in the organization who's got the best territory, who's got the well-established right. accounts, who's got the largest accounts, who've been around for a long time. So top performer programs, by their nature, are automatically going to ace out 90% of the team. They're not interested. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not motivational to me because I have no chance of winning. So people who call those incentive programs, they're really not. What they really are is these are loyalty initiatives to have yeah. your top people feel valued, et cetera. And there's nothing, if you call it that, and that's your intention. That's not always a bad thing either. Not necessarily, but let's say, for example, we have 100 people in the boat all rowing. Yeah. Do I really only want 20 people rowing? Yeah. I really want all 100 rowing. And there's a a theory that uh, is, is being talked about a lot, which is moving the middle. And 
the reason your people are at the top is because they are already working their 60, 70, 80 hours. I was going to week. say that, that, that in this basketball dunking contest or, or any uh, contest you give me, I am already working like bloody hell. So guess what? Uh, your your trip is 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 a nice uh, drop in the ba- in my basket, but it's not going to change my behavior. Right. Exactly. So when we say move the middle, if you have your middle group that are a combination of the relative new to the company, they're still developing sales ter- territory, they're still developing their skills, the odds of them improving their performance are significant. Mm-hmm. You take somebody who's already maxed out, they, yeah. they, they're not going to start working a 100-hour week. Yeah, they're yeah. already working their, their selves to the bone to achieve the goals that they're achieving. So who can we motivate? Where's the growth opportunity? It's in that middle 60%. Yeah, not yeah. that we disregard the top people, but if you truly want to get the most growth out of any kind of program, we really need to have as many people growing on those words as possible. Of course, of course, it makes it, it just makes uh, uncommon sense. Well, if you have just joined us, you are listening to the Art of the CEO Radio Show, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the mightily misunderstood miasma of cyberspace, where you can listen to this and all our episodes by visiting the Art of CEO.com. That's the art of the CEO.com. We are on a whole host of internet streams and uh, several live radio shows. But the way to hear all our shows is to visit the art of the CEO.com. Okay, so Tom, now I am a wise CEO. I want to engage everybody on my team. I'm uh, smarter than I look. And I want to provide some incentive for each of my team members. Let's say I've got, I've got 500 members on my team. I'm going to say 100 of those sales. could be real estate where you have high sales. All right. 100 sales. And I want to incentivize the whole crew. Could you lay out just one simple, move the middle, move us all program and tell us, give us the whys along with the elements? Well, the, the one example that is the most effective and that I've used this many times over the years is people performing against their last performance, the last six months, the last quarter, the last year, whatever the duration of the program is. Right. Nobody's in my way. No one can stop me from achieving in a program where I just need to do better than I did the last quarter, yeah, the last six yeah, months, the right, last right, year. Right. I know what I've done, mm-hmm. and I know that I'm it, presumably I'm improving as I go along, and if I'm now given a goal that I just need you, Bart, to grow your territory, your business, your customer base by 10%. Right. I can't be aced out by Sue because I'm only performing against my own goals. So when you do it that way, everyone takes a minute to, to think that through and say, okay, so this is all up to me. No one also, I'm not going to be angry at Sue no. or feel no. or right. divisive with, but from cubicle to cubicle. Absolutely not. Everyone's uh, achieving in their own, within their own world, within their own goals. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a much more fair approach. Sure. Everyone's engaged from the very beginning. And what it does uncover is, is your dead wood. Because if you're yeah. saying you just need to do better than you did last year or the last quarter, et cetera, and you have people that are either flat or, or, or – And we all – <laughs> You thought of, last year was bad. What do you say this year? <laughs> <laughs> and you do find that. Oh, oh yeah. Get uncovered. Uh, so that's just one example of how you can be much more effective with that move in the middle, get everybody rolling. That's – it's good. And I, I think that's a great, great idea. And I, uh, but what about my individuality? I mean, I, I don't want the same reward as Sally. Correct. Uh, the day today, um, well, let me, let me back up. When I started in this industry, the, the way that these programs would be run, you'd have a physical catalog that would have maybe 100, 200, 300 items. 
and we'd scour, you know, merchandise resources and put that together. And you'd have to pick out of those that's a relatively small case. Today, it is a completely different experience. Uh -huh. we, we call it an Amazonian-type experience in oh, the God. sense that everything from uh -huh. digital content, electronics, sporting goods, home items, oh, travel, uh, you know, sports tickets. Prizes by drone. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You can have anything that gets you motivated mm -hmm. is going to be in that collection somewhere because of exactly that point. People want to choose what's motivating me. And if I can expand on that just a little bit, yeah. the, the value of me saying that, oh, you know what, uh, I, I've been playing with these same golf clubs for the last 20 years. I don't want to spend $1,000 on a set of clubs, but if this program gets me to select a bag full of, and I'm not going to endorse a particular brand, but a brand that I really love, now I'm motivated to earn that whole set. I can't earn half a set. Yeah, I can't. I gotcha. So if I want that, and I know I have my my goal, I got to get the seven point eight percent ain't good enough. Exactly, exactly. So when I get to the end of the year, uh, I've chosen my own dream reward that's good for me. I've no one stopped me from achieving it. I know what my goals are, and when I get there, I will remember that set of golf clubs for the next thirty years. This is something you you also bring up a point, and, and you you told me a story about a grill, and I was wondering if you could give us a little more lesson of Tom Frederick and his prize-winning grill. Yes, well, this was, uh, it was 30 years ago, and uh, I was working in a, in a program where I did have a sales goal I needed to achieve, mm -hmm. and I blew right past that number, and uh, as the thing that I always wanted was a really high-quality Duquesne grill. Mm -hmm. I got that grill, and I literally, for 19 years, that thing sat on my back deck, and every time I opened that grill, I knew why I got it, who gave it to me, what my number was. I remembered everything about that. But my sense of appreciation and value to the organization was a long-term memory because of something that was a high quality. I may not have wanted to spend it myself, mm -hmm. but now that I got it as an award, I was very proud of that. I think, ladies and gentlemen, Tom has just given us a timeless truth of business, so that we have a quill pen moment. I ask you all, please, to take out your pen, dip them in the inkwell, and write down the truth that you, as business owner, have the opportunity to make a, an emotional commitment to you and your company if you personalize and take a special interest in not just the incentive, but the entire person who you have working for you. And thank you for bringing that up. That's, that's, that's really a good point. Um, could you, while we're, we sort of tangentializing off on rewards here, uh, could you give me, uh, give us an example of something that may be particularly popular or something that's really odd, some of the incentive uh, rewards, and it doesn't have to be tangible, some of the incentive rewards that have been really odd but really worked? Uh, the thing that's interesting that we're seeing a lot of activity on is uh, experiential and things oh. that are that are eco tours. Oh. Uh, so this is it's appealing to the uh, millennials in particular, mm -hmm. where they want to feel like they're 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 having an experience that gives them a, a, a richer experience of life itself. They want to oh. expand their experiences of life in general, but they want it to be something that ties to their values. So eco tours in particular, you go to Costa Rica and you mm -hmm. do the zipline tours. You're learning about the culture. You're learning about the wildlife. You know, with sustainability, all these things. Uh, so that's just how hard the tree is when you zip line into it, things like that. Ex exactly, uh, exactly. Well, this is a hardwood, and, uh, <laughs> but I, I think that, that's really true uh, that, that you can uh, get that. I, uh, 
And I just, it just reminds me of how the millennials are reaching out for a fuller life. And by the way, you'll excuse me because no group of people is like any uh, group. You are not uh, because you are of a certain age like everybody else in it. So I, I despise uh, lumping people into a clump. Um, but uh, I do think that, uh, that's a, that this is something we are seeing in the younger uh, new generation people coming in. So, uh, well, after all, Tom Frederick's inducing, seducing, producing, inspiring us toward uh, improved incentive programs, I believe it's time to take a brief, shall we say, sorbet, and allow me to proffer you a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, I'm going to ask, will this be the day that you recall, consider, and take a lesson from those recent accomplishments that filled you with some justifiable pride? Or will you continue to spend your career trying to amend flaws that have been laid at your feet by other people's yardsticks? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. So we are thumbing through this with great alacrity. Oh, okay, here we go, here we go. This is number 39. <clears throat> and uh, you want to hear the truth? Business's goal is to fill the company coffers with cash. Business leadership's goal is to get a bunch of people enthusiastically laboring to fill those coffers with cash. <laughs> so what do you think, Tom? Is, is, uh, do, are we right on to that? Is that the battle that you and every company owner is really fighting when laid bare? Well, the thing that uh, the reality is that um, uh, while you know the, the stories may seem to make too light of it, the reality is that uh, when there are those discussions about uh, you know the money coming in and money going out, the fact of the matter is if there's not a profit, we can't keep the business open. We can't heat the building. That's we can't it. pay the salaries. Mm-hmm. All those things don't happen. So it, it may sound uh, too shallow, but the reality is any business, even a nonprofit, right. needs to be bringing in more money than they're spending on their right. people, facilities, et cetera. So it really does come back to the only reason that happens is provided a good or a service that our customer wants and values at a price that they've decided that's a correct price for the market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, really, if that's going to happen, uh, we are. We have to be performing well. We have to meet our clients' expectations for something that does bring value to them. Yeah. See, see how b- simple business is. Just <laughs> give the value out there. The money rolls in. God loves you, and everything happens. <laughs> God, why didn't I think of that? Anyway, <laughs> after the, my own little afterthought of this silly is, is you know, of course, you you really can't inspire a bunch of people working by. Let's fill the company coffers. That's a lousy rally and cry. But if you value, uh, if you find out what the folks themselves hold most important, and you hold that Im- goal as important in, uh, as your earnings statement, you'll probably do fairly well. Just a thought. And if you smirked a little bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit BartsBooks.com and pick up your copy of 102 or 101 Best Business Quips, and you will discover a world of wit that nudges, chuckles, and even a bit of perspective from you and all those who are within your hollering distance. 
And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer of last week's business quotation. That is, the uh, name of the individual who said, litigation is a basic legal right that allows every corporation its decade in court. <laughs> those, words, those words were spoken by none other than the uh, legendary retail guru of guided Walmart, Dreamsburg, Microsoft, in and out of court, Mr. David Porter. Now, that was a tough one, and but we did have a few winners, and so congratulations to you all. And stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting your way, comes yet another enriching quotations. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind, soul, and career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to Tom Frederick and his fantasizing twist of the maze of incentivizing your workforce, allow me to introduce to you the uh, company by whose good graces we're here today, and that firm is the Princeton Internet Group, right here in Princeton, New Jersey. My friend, you do not need me to tell you how vital not just a good website, but an effective, far-reaching website is to the success of your business. So allow me to recommend most heartily the personal folks over at Princeton Internet Group. The CEO, Rob Frieda, has been creating sites that have continuously guiding Fortune 100 firms and startup enterprises, oh, for more than 25 years. But, you know, what I like best is that Rob and Michael and every expert down at Pink listens to your every need. They speak English, not technobabble. You can sit down with these folks and easily create what you need. They're on hand. They answer your questions and give results without delays or major disruptions. And by the way, if, if you're looking to step up to establish some branches domestically or maybe even stepping out and partnering business abroad, here too, the Princeton Internet Group team is, well, they've just got the experience that you're going to be looking for. Simply put it, if you want a more effective and secure and easily handled website experience, connect with the folks at Princeton Internet Group by visiting pingsite.com. That's P-I-N-G-S-I-T-E dot com. Carpe diem, my friend. You are worth it. And now, with utensils in hand, uh, why don't we turn our ears back to Core Center's Tom Frederick to find out just what is motivating employees and how to turn that desire and craving into a program that works for us all. Tom, ever since you, uh, well, ever since you started, you have been on the, the lookout for some uh, individual sweet spot to raise productivity. Um, could you give us the kind of uh, an idea of uh, what is working within certain industries? I mean, are there sort of in things that work better in real estate versus technology versus uh, production or something like that? Well, there's two parts to this. One is uh, reaching the sweet spot is really getting people uh, desiring to perform at their best. Right. So what we've found in the industry, and, and recent studies have all shown this, is that people tend to leave their manager, not their job. Uh, people tend to be in a job because they like that industry. They like yeah, what they're right. doing. Mm -hmm. So one of the tools that have been introduced into, into incentive programs in particular are um, the ability to have a manager with a direct reports have their own bucket of uh, points uh, mm -hmm. that they can oh. use to reward their own direct people for on the spot they've caught somebody doing something great. Oh, give me an example of that. 
Well, let's say, for example, it's someone who is, uh, it's Friday afternoon, it's kind of late, someone, you know that they really want to get home, it's been a long week, but there's a quote that really needs to get out the door. Right. And they're right. Gonna, it's going to take another hour or so. So, you know, Bart has said, listen, I, I really, and, but they know the job needs to get done. They hang in, they pound it out, they get that quote done and get it out to the client because it was due the end of, end of business Friday. That manager now has an opportunity to walk over to Bart, take out their smartphone, uh -huh, open up uh -huh. their account, say, Bart, I really appreciate you taking the extra time today. I'm putting another 100 points into your account right now. Boom, boom, uh -huh. boom. And okay. now you have. So this is creating that connection of the manager now has a tool to directly thank that person mm -hmm. right in front of them in a material right. way. So that sense of appreciation and gratitude is immediately recognized. So that's one part of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's a big part of it. That's oh, very, yeah, very important. Yeah, yeah. The other part of it is that we have to be sensitive to who we're motivating with what type of, of rewards that make sense for them. And I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. A bunch of years ago, I was working for an office products company, yeah. and the head of sales loved to play golf. Uh -huh. That was uh -huh. their thing. Yeah, that was it. Huh? And coincidentally enough, the sales trips would generally be to wonderful golf destinations. Okay. Look, golf is a nice walk spoiled. Say so. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But now you have a sales organization that because of the way they were structured, they spent most of their time on the road. Yeah. Two, three weeks a month they were on the road. Sure, sure. The last thing in the world these people wanted was another week away. Yeah, yes, of course, of course, of course. So what's, what felt like when you're talking in the conference room about, hey, let's, let's go to Puerto Vallarta this year, mm -hmm. while that person's excited about it, this gets announced to the team and they say, oh, Oh I had another week away. I'd, you know, I'd rather yeah, spend time with my family. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather right. just take a breath for a week instead of being mm -hmm, on the road again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have to be sensitive to what an organization, what is their life like, what are their values, what are their priorities, what's important to them. This gets back to the Amazonian redemption experience, which right, is why right. that's growing the way it is. Give people choice. There is value in bringing people together, absolutely. Right. But we need to be aware of, are we doing this in in contradiction? But but don't call it an incentive when it's not when it's uh, as you say in contradiction to what to what is is really right. You want to get people together, make that the national sales meeting. You make mm -hmm. that the national training meeting. Whatever, that's your time to get people together because they understand that's necessary. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. an important part of developing right. business. Okay. So that's just one example. I think that's oh that's that's really good. I I it does. Uh, Bring me on uh, to the idea again. You're getting back to the individuality of it, which is hard to do in a large group. And but uh, if I have a huge amount of money, uh, sometimes the cash bonuses and everything. But there is something I, I just want to I just want to bring up, and that is that uh, even in in those who have a lot of money, I look at the financial industry, technical industry. That now the guys I see in there, they're working. Uh, they're there at six in the morning. They're staying late tonight. They're uh, sweating through their clothes. They're laying waste to their lives, all for the glory of that legendary year-end bonus. And which, as, as uh, my friends in Goldman Sachs—I'm sorry, Goldman Sachs—know, um, is just uh, is, is fabulous, and a lot of other. Now, doesn't this actually fly in the whole face of everything core centers? It's just to give them money, throw money at them, it's simple, quit whining. Uh, <laughs> it, doesn't that sort of go fly in the face of everything core centers trying to do? Well, there's, there's a couple elements to what you're saying. Uh, there is certainly a truth when you get into, into that rarefied atmosphere mm -hmm. of people whose bonuses means another beach house. Yes, it right. Means taking, exactly. taking care of an Ivy League education. Right. 
there, the, the scale is so tremendous that uh, there's almost nothing you can throw at these people in their lives. They can buy anything they please. Yeah. There's right. nothing in the Amazonian experience that they don't already have if they want it. Now, within those organizations, what you find works extremely well is something that money can't buy, which is recognition in front of your peers, which is ah. that, that plaque that goes in their office, top person of the year, etc. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can't pay a group of people no, to no. show up at a location and no. bring you up on stage and say, you know, Sue had the, the top performance for the year. No. So those types of things, and, and IBM used to have a top club event, and the, the buzz around uh, IBM every year was, are you going to make club this year? Yeah, it didn't matter yeah, how much money they're making. It was that prestige. Are you making make club? Exactly. Beautiful term. Right? Exactly. And that's so. There, now, the fact of the matter is that for 99% of our participants and programs, they live in that world of it does make a difference to be able to earn three, four percent of their yearly uh, compensation in the form of some type of incentive. And the reason is it has to be enough that it makes a difference to them. It's material, sure. not so little that, listen, I'll buy it myself. So there's a sweet spot in there. It's usually around 3 4%. And that's enough to get them excited. So someone who's – we're really usually motivating people who are making between fifty and, say, $300,000 a year, somewhere around there. Um, but we do have people that are, in, you know, that are higher than that. But you understand the point, though, that for that person – if I can get a, a new 80-inch screen on the company, a new yeah. set of golf clubs, a weekend vacation with the family to Hilton Head, and I don't have to pay for it, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, okay. I I did want to move more into to praise versus recognition, and, and other, but unfortunately we are running out of time, and I, I, do, want to, I do want to ask uh, two more things. And one is if I uh, really am wise and greedy enough and I, that I want a happy – uh, an ultimate producing team. How can I get a hold of you? How can I tap into core incentives, uh, engaging incentive ways? How can we get a hold of you? Oh, we are at www.corecentive.com. How do you spell that? That's C-O-R-E-C-E-N-T-I-V-E.com. And uh, they can certainly get a hold of me at T. Frederick, that's F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K, at corecentive.com. Alrighty, very good. So take counsel, take wise heed. And as you folks know, uh, we at The Art of the CEO like to offer up uh, the beneficial counsel from every aspect of our guests. We don't just put the shark's fin in the soup. We like to take the entire shark, if uh, possible. Um, and so with that in mind, Tom, you have just penned an exceptionally timely and insightful book that uh, you have been laboring on uh, called distraction, and it sets up the problem and some solutions of this uh, overly centrally flooded age. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, the book was inspired by uh, a study that I had heard about, uh, most recent studies, about roughly 20% of college freshmen are requiring remedial assistance in English and math. Mm. I don't think this is a reflection of intelligence whatsoever. no. I think it's because we allow so many things to drag our time away from being truly productive, either in developing ourselves and supporting our families, et cetera. So it's, it's just a, it's a kind of a broad stroke view looking at statistics, uh, you know, stories, et cetera, that are clarifying where are we letting our time being brought and pulled away from more productive life and how can we better spend our time. And it's really meant to be an individual by individual self-reflection. There is no one solution to this. Oh, hallelujah. 
So if everyone should look at their own lives within their own situation. Am I having a fairly balanced life? Am I developing myself? Am I spending time with family, friends, my children? Am I contributing to my community? And those things should be in some reasonable balance. There are right. people who need our time. We need to develop our own capabilities. Certainly. And then we need to look outside of ourselves as well. So it's really it's a, it's a broad look at a way to take a look at this in a, with fresh eyes and stand back far enough to say, what are we really doing to the, be the best version of ourselves? Oh, I cannot wait for that to come out. I hope you're going to keep us abreast. We'll put it on it. Look for it on our website. Ladies and gentlemen, we will keep you uh, theartoftheceo.com. We are going to keep you abreast of the happening of that book because that is something, frankly, Scarlett, we all need more than we would like to admit. So, and again, Tom, thank you so much for coming on. This has been uh, a real delight for me. And, and I've got to tell you, I, I had no idea about the, the, the ways that incentive could be applied and how it really does work not just for, for me, but for cohesion. It's very great, so thank you. I very much appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. Okay. And so as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's quotation. Who was it who said, if future generations are to remember us with more gratitude than sorrow, we must achieve more than just miracles of technology. And as a hint, this this gentleman who said it transformed civil rights from a good idea into the law of the land. And remember, if you know the author of that quote, simply write that author's name down as you believe it to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life and career igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And be sure to tune in next week to The Art of the CEO because we're you're going to retune your ears to the call of career. You are going to discover how you, as CEO of yourself, may expand all the wide avenues opening before you and fill your cup uh, so that your workday is overflowing. It's about time that we found a better way to spend this span with which you've been blessed. At any rate, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, could it be that so few adults gleefully put on masks for Halloween because they don't quite fit over the masks they wear all year round at work. Oh, well. And to you gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Tom and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this on all our shows simply by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally to you, who have honored us with your time, May I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.